Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Third Love, Baked by Melissa, and Hempland USA. You're going to want to hear about those. Third Love, you might need to get some sexy lingerie for Valentine's Day. I got a bodysuit. Spoiler alert. Um, Baked by Melissa, uh, great Valentine's Day gift. Um, mini cupcakes to your door. Hi. And Hempland USA, hey, if you're feeling stressed about Valentine's Day, just a few tinctures of CBD and you're well on your way. Um, before I get into the podcast, I want to uh, always thank you guys so much for listening. And I, honestly, I truly feel like you guys are my friends. Like, so I, I know that maybe it's creepy. Am I creeping you out? I hope not. Um, but I'd love hearing from you. So any thoughts or whatever, you know, you can always DM me at Rachel N. O'Brien on Instagram. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. Um, and uh, I'm really excited. I put out a, uh, Insta story post last night with kind of some new ideas for topics I'm considering doing. And, uh, I started that off on this episode. You'll hear me explain those. Um, but before we get into the episode, uh, I want to give you show dates real quick. Uh, Detroit on, uh, February 19th is almost sold out. I counted the little seats left on the map. It looks like there's like 50 something tickets left. So Get in now if you're anywhere near Detroit and you want to see me do stand-up and then Kristen Doty and I do a live podcast, come out, get your tickets. You can get all the tickets at rachelobriancomedy.com backslash shows. Um, so that's uh, February 19th in Detroit, Michigan. And then I will be, um, actually this one's not on my site yet, but I'll put it up. March 4th, I will be with Hannah Burner from Summer House um, at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. You can get tickets at the Dynasty Typewriter website. And then... Um, Long Island, March 28th at uh, Governor's Comedy Club and Laugh Boston in Boston on March 29th. Hope to see you guys at those and I'll be adding more dates soon. Uh, adding an Indianapolis date sometime. Greg, the boyfriend, who's the guest on the podcast, says I should do it sometime around the Indy 500. I'm like, pretty sure people are going to want to go to that instead of my show, but we'll see. We'll see, guys. Um, so, Okay. Today, um, my guest is Greg Hunter, my boyfriend, also the uh, man behind the sound on this podcast. And originally, I wasn't necessarily planning on having him as my guest, but as I was researching this, it was really early in the morning, and uh, he was at my house, and I was like, Greg, I need to do research. Go, just don't get up and whistle or make coffee or do anything loud. Don't, just don't breathe. Just stay in the room so I can get some work done. <laughs> I was like, leave or stay. I don't, but just don't look at me. Um, and so I was like researching the, in the morning and then I was like, then I woke him up when I needed him because that's what selfish people do like me. And I was like, Hey, I think you should be my guest. Uh, the topic I'm researching, I think you can have pers- some perspective on cause you've worked behind the scenes in production and you might, you know, have some insight on this. So, um, today's topic, um, I'm starting a, a series and it's got, not going to be like the um, reality TV show scandals all back to back. So this, the subjects I'm kind of planning on doing are well-known people who lid, live double lives. Um, I'm going to continue more of the Epstein stuff because more shit keeps coming out and it's just, it's insane. Um, I will see, still keep doing like my Vanderpump friend interviews and, you know, because I know you guys like those and just entertainment industry interviews and just interesting people and just like fascinating. I will keep doing those, but interspersed throughout those, I'm just going to, you know, trickle in these other topics I'm interested in. Um, so yeah, so this is the first one of a series that I want to do on reality TV show scandals. And this isn't just like what happens on the show. This is like major shit that happened. Some of them have ended in 
well, no, I'm not going to tell you. Um, you're going to have to wait, guys. All right? It's not, it's not a free handout. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the first in that series. But I have a feeling that the reality TV show scandal one is just going to bleed into TV show scandals or just rock star scandals because I just find this stuff fascinating. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this one is... The major controversy behind a show called um, Eight Minutes about uh, the world of sex workers and one man who thinks that he can condescendingly help them. And um, I listened to the podcast back before I'm releasing it. Um, There's no way for Greg to edit out how many times I call him Pastor John for some reason instead of Pastor Kevin. It's Pastor Kevin, but I don't. I listened to it a few times. I'm like, why am I saying that? So there's an edit there on that. Um, So anyways, without further ado, Greg Hunter and myself telling you guys the story and the scandal behind the TV show Eight Minutes. Gregory Michael Hunter, you're back. I'm back. For round three of being on my podcast. I've survived this long. Well, yeah. I mean, the first time, how many years ago was that? Wild that it's been years. Yes, it has. It's wild, but it's been Oh, yeah, I was like... like, um, Probably... At least two. 2017, I would guess. I guess we're on the three-year mark. Two and a half years? We're we're almost to four years of me doing the podcast. Exactly, but you wouldn't allow me on for year one. Uh, Well, I didn't even think to have you on. You pitched yourself to me and then brought me wine and flowers. It's a good pitch. Uh, I was like, oh, Greg, my sound guy, wine and flowers. It's 2 p.m. That's so sweet. (laughs) <laughs> 2 p.m. Was that really too early for wine and flowers for you? No, it was, I was wonderful. Right on time. It was wonderful, but I was like, still, when we're going to get into our podcast subject, but still, even then, had no idea you liked me. I was just like, oh, he's so polite. And then I pitched you to every single listener on my podcast. I was like, guys, this is a nice guy. You got to date him. Someone hit him up. <laughs> yeah, you just needed to look in the mirror. How many girls actually hit you up after that? Mm, 10 or 12. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'm like your pimp, which will lead us into this yeah, episode. Exactly. I, you almost, 10 to 12? 10 to 12? Really? Are you exaggerating? I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. It might have been 15. Okay. Now you're just lying. Who knows if they were interested? They could have had boyfriends. You know, they just reached out to say like, oh, you were an interesting guest, you know. Okay. It wasn't like, so I hear you're single. Okay. Okay. And I'm ready to mingle. All right. So the, the women reached out. I could have lost you then. But clearly, I wasn't that worried about it. <laughs> I had laser focus. <laughs> Anyways, then you were on recently when I've, you know, you now are my boyfriend because yeah, you played the long game hard. And now this is round three. And I'm so excited that I got you excited about this topic. Oh, right. You did. So, so okay. As you guys know, which I'll probably say this in my intro too, if you follow me on Instagram, I announced last night uh, that and did a poll, and I'm so freaking excited. It was like 89% that you guys were interested in these topics. So I said, um, here's the thing. And I said this last week on my intro that I I can't, there will still be like uh, interesting entertainment industry interviews. Like I love interviews with, well, Tons of people, but I'm just thinking of someone off the top of my head, like Wendy McLennan Covey, who uh, she was on Bridesmaid, she's on Goldberg's, Reno 911, huge career. 
she was so inspirational like i want to hear stories like that where it's like she didn't start her acting career till her late 20s she is admittedly suffered from depression and has gone through that and still has this like incredible life so i love doing those interviews and i'm going to continue to do those um but i found myself uh just when I'm alone or on a run or a walk or whatever or cooking, I'm listening to stuff that uh, helps me learn something new about what's going on in the world. A lot of it is true crime, but a lot of it is kind of um, investigative journalist stuff or a oh, new podcast shout out. You guys are going to like this. And I'm going to try to get her on my podcast. Um, there's a podcast called You Must Remember This, and it's from the original first century or golden age of the Hollywood entertainment industry and so it's like this woman does so much research it her name's Karina uh I can't think of her last name but um and so she deep dives into like this real story of Fatty Arbuckle uh Marilyn Monroe and then she just did a whole series on um what she called dead blondes which seems a little dark but uh you know people like uh, sounds like a band name dead blondes I would go I, see dead blondes I feel like it probably is a band name 100% if it isn't it's gonna be okay. no you don't if you can't we're firing I'm not, the band back up no, boys no I think a, uh, like a punky girl group can be called dead blondes if a guy group called themselves dead blondes Good you'd be point. like they've killed someone you just saved me from uh, <laughs> police investigation I love that you were like you know what yes <laughs> like where your head's at <laughs> alright alright <laughs> so anyways let's check that podcast out and Greg's uh, future band dead blondes will be on tour um, but, uh, so anyways, so I'm like, I want to, I want to research these things that I find interesting. So I came up with a couple little series I'm going to do interspersed with my entertainment industry interviews or my, uh, you know, Bravo friends, Vanderpump friends. Like I still love doing those, like, you know, they're interesting and I know you guys like hearing them, but we're going to sprinkle it, sprinkle in some, you know, other type topics. So. The three topics I uh, pitched to you guys, it was well-received on Instagram, were um, reality TV show scandals. And so I put that up last night, and then this morning I was like, should I expand to just TV show scandals? And then I was like, well, if I keep doing it, I can do that. But when I was doing some research this morning, oh, there's enough reality TV show ones that I can cover for a while. And uh, don't even ask, I'm not doing any scandals on anyone I know. Also, any scandal they've had is already on TV and they're my friends and it's not, you know what I mean? The, I'm talking real intense scandally stuff. So so that was one topic and then the other one was um, well-known people that have led double lives, which I tried to research a lot of this morning. That's going to take me a lot of work. It's slightly harder than you think to find like real evidence of it because they're good at covering it up. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna deep dive. I'm gonna, maybe I, you'll uncover a double life that no one even knows about yet. Maybe live on the scene. Maybe. Do you think? Do you think I'm gonna like put myself in uh, danger for these topics now because I'm talking about these things? I've thought about it many times with the whole Epstein thing. Mm, Epstein is pretty pervasive. Like, I mean, the amount of people that could be surveillancing news stories about Epstein and, and what's coming out. I mean, if you uncover something good that no one else has found. I got to move. You might. Well, yeah, you want me to be careful. Maybe you just have to stay here all the time. That's fine. I'm here most of the time anyway. That's true. So bring it on. Yeah. Epstein. Epstein Secret and agents. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people talking about, but I think a lot of people are afraid. Uh, and so that's the third series. I'm going to continue the Epstein stuff because well, I, I mean, swear to God, more stuff comes out every day that you wouldn't believe spoiler alert and i'm not going to tell you where to find it i'm sure you can find it but i want to talk about it next week when deanna and i do a part two 
Uh, more footage found inside of his house. Uh, let's just say there was like a dentist stand. Like originally when I was watching the video, I was like, why does he have a dentist stand? What are all those cords? It was holding all these like weird sex toys. Like, and it was like, it looked like a weird torture room. A dentist stand? You know what I'm talking like about? Like a dentist like, chair? N- not like a chair. Like the light that they pull over? Like thing, that thing, like whatever it has, like all the drills and... Oh, and, goodness gracious. <laughs> so creepy. But there were sex toys on it. I think so. Yeah, it's blurry. Oh, man. He's obviously it not doing... Like a Saw movie. He's obviously not doing dental work in there. Oh, dental damn work. Ew. I'm sorry. That was just... <laughs> <laughs> softball pitch. Were you thinking about it. the old... Wait, what? I don't even know what a dental dam is. Were you thinking about the old way they had birth control? Was like a. It's basically like saran wrap. To... Really? Yeah. I think I don't think well, it's, it's called dental dam. No, 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 no. I mean, I think I no. It's a dental dam, absolutely. But it, does that go in your mouth or somewhere else? It goes somewhere else, babe. No, but that wasn't called that, was it? Do you want me to Google this? We'll real fact quick? check it later. Okay, so you guys already know about the one item of clothing or. I guess what I wear under my clothing that makes me feel the sexiest, the slimmest with the, like, my boobs aren't perky, but with Third Love, they're perky and the back fat, it's gone. So Third Love does bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. With the right kind of support, they help her do this. And I gotta be honest, guess what I'm wearing on Valentine's Day? My Third Love bodysuit. They also have sexy bodysuits and uh, flattering panties. And the reason why Third Love is so great is because their bras are designed to fit you, not the other way around. They're designed with measurements from millions of women, and their bra styles are made to fit your life. They have over 80 bra sizes, but that only one matters is yours. And here's what you do. So you take their Fit Finder quiz. So you answer a few simple questions to find out your perfect fit in 60 seconds. And over 15 million women have already taken the quiz to date. And it's actually really fun. Uh, It takes less than a minute to complete. I enjoyed taking it because I didn't know that you have to take breast shape into account. But that makes so much sense, which is probably why all my other bras in the past never fit me properly. And Third Love has a perfect fit promise. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. And the comfort and quality are just, it's hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. The straps that won't slip and they have tagless labels, there's no itching and they're lightweight and they're giving back. Like I said, Third Love donates all of their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. And so far, Third Love has donated over $15 million in bras that's great and they want you to help they want to help you find your perfect fitting bra so third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order go to thirdlove.com slash be here now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com slash be here for 15% off today so this morning when I was researching this, this is I didn't think it was going to be this easy to find. So I had a list of reality TV show scandals that I already knew about. But I was like, oh, I feel like those require an intense amount of research because there's also like an, a few active legal cases and stuff. So, so then I was like, okay, what else is there? What else is there? And then I came across this one and I woke up like, two hours earlier than you or I just told you I was like Greg stay in my bedroom don't come out and bother me don't start whistling don't start loudly making coffee don't start 
asking me questions because I need to do stuff. So you hide in that room. Very rarely are you asked to sleep in. I took you up on it. It's true. It's true. So I was like, you stay there. I must do this. And it only took me about three hours probably to do the research. Um, okay. So this is the scandal behind a little known A&E show, which I never heard of because it only it was ordered eight episodes. A&E ordered eight episodes in uh, 2015. Only five aired before it was immediately shut down because of how absolute, absolutely controversial it was and absolutely horrible it was to these poor women that were involved. So I'll give you a quick premise about it. And then um, we're going to play you the intro to the show. The premise of the show was um, a gentleman, an ex-cop, an ex-vice cop um, named, uh, well, he's now Pastor Kevin. So, I mean, second career, you become a pastor. You go from vice cop to priesthood or pastorhood or whatever. Um, I want to know what credentials he has in the pasturing realm. Oftentimes, what are the credentials do any of them have? He probably honestly. got one of those online, like... Well, the name, did you see the name of the church? I was like, I've never even heard of this. It was like Side by Side International. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what? What, sir? <laughs> um, oh, my God. When, when, we, when I, we get into explaining, when one of the women, I think, got a hold of him and she was like, you, you said you would help me. He just started praying. It's painful. Anyways... So, okay, so he was an ex-cop. He's now um, Pastor Kevin. And, you know, he's doing the Lord's work in his mind, uh, which is basically being condescending and self-righteous towards uh, sex workers. Um, And uh, he, so basically the premise is he pretends to be a John and they have a bunch of cameras set up in a hotel room and he calls, uh, solicits a woman off the internet for uh sex uh he also has two of which he calls advocates with him who were former sex workers who he saved apparently they were saved and they they claim pastor kevin saved them oh really yeah but then again it says it's only a 50 percent success who knows so but who knows i tried to find if those women were actors or actually um sex workers saved prostitutes by it's it's sex workers you're not supposed to say prostitutes oh oh Politically incorrect term. Yes, but it's okay. You didn't know. So um, uh, I, I feel like they might actually even say prostitutes on this show. I can't remember, but it is it is more appropriate to say sex workers. So, anyways, um, I don't I don't know if these women actually were, but allegedly his advocates. So they watched. So so basically, they they got all these earpieces. And by the way, when the sex worker walks in, he's got a freaking earpiece in. Unless he was like planning to make like a. Like he's one of those dorks with like the Bluetooth cell phone call thingies from a long time ago. It's like, uh, it's kind of, you can clearly see something's going on. Yeah. Everybody involved with this production is really just playing like SEAL Team 6. It's ridiculous. They just want to be undercover agents. Like they're more concerned with the walkie talkies and the earpieces than they are with everything else going on. Oh, we should also preface too, before we get into it, side note, I thought Greg would be a good guest for this. Um, because I just decided last minute this is what I'm doing. Then I was like, Greg, you're doing this with me. Because Greg has worked in reality TV enough. Exactly. Not sex know. trafficking. No. Worked not. in reality TV. Yes. That's why I have a little bit of uh Yeah. I would like in production and directing and all that stuff. So yeah. you know so how this all works. Yeah. To how much of a joke this entire production is. Yeah. And cruel, frankly. So basically, yeah. So the, the um, sex worker comes in. Um, the most horrible part of it without 
many of them without their face blurred. And you'll find out later that these women didn't know their face wasn't going to be blurred. Let's, but you're going to hear about that later. So they walk in the room and the premise is eight minutes before the pimp could barge in. Because statistically, it's at about eight minutes and it gets dangerous. Yeah, that's such a made-up stat. And and actually, a lot of them, the lot of them, the because the, there's a lawsuit involved. A lot of them were like, my friend drove me there, or my mom drove me there because they, I knew that I was going to be filmed because the producers contacted me before. Like, what? Like, You're such a sham. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Eight minutes just fits into their TV formula just right like well to heighten the eight minutes like one it gives them a countdown so there could be suspense and drama mm-hmm. and two they can fit two sex workers in per episode yeah that's all it's, it, it's, it's hollywood baby yeah that's how the it goes only, like like i've heard um the statistic like a missing person like after 24 hours the chance oh, of finding them goes absolutely. way down like yes. that i understand now eight minutes in a prostitute situation in a hotel sex worker we got to change you it's okay it's it's just that's just a made-up stat I think oh. the eight minutes like yeah, yeah just yeah. like they just wanted to add drama to this show and, and oh I think so I can't believe we made it well, all the, the way the, to the title well the, the hilarious part too is and we'll explain all this later a lot of it was set up so he has no basis for this also freaking Pastor Kevin I mean I know he's an ex-cop he's a little man like was he really gonna face off with a pimp or actually no here's what it is he wouldn't be willing to face off with the pimp. And this is what he does when he's like, eight minutes are up. Here's the hotline for the National Sex Trafficking Network. Will you, will you, will you call it if I text it to you? And then he's like, all right, skedaddle. Be on your way. Yeah, like, wh- what? Like, she could Google that if that, was the, if that was her way out. So basically, he promises them. So after, like, they get there and then he's like, hey, like, what's your story? Da, da, da. And, um... Pretty soon afterwards, he goes, well, would you like some help getting out of... And it's really sad because these women are telling these really painful stories. Painful stories. And they're not being blurred out on there. Another woman shows up and she's clearly very high. And he points it out in a very condescending way, like in his like talking head or whatever, um, about like... Yeah, that which is hard to get to the point because they, you know, they're often on drugs and it's hard to keep them on track. It's like, how about you? You're not only outing this woman for sex work on TV, not blurring her face out, but then calling her like basically a drug addict. And and it's ridiculous. So, yeah, this loser would never face off with the alleged pimp that's outside. So he's just like, all right, eight minutes are up. Here's a national hotline. Hopefully I've saved you. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Yeah. And everyone should be completely aware that. There's no way A&E is taking a risk while making this production. Like, yes, they have contacted everybody who's going to show up at that hotel at least a week in advance. Oh, yeah. They know there's no pimp actually outside who's going to barge in in eight minutes. If there is in any of these episodes, I haven't seen any of them, that pimp is also on a appearance release contract making his little bit of money to act like yeah. that, that pimp. They wouldn't put their personnel at risk. And most mm-hmm. importantly, they wouldn't put their money at risk. Mm-hmm. Like... They've got enough people and cameras going on. They're paying off the hotel and everything else. There's probably spending ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a night mm-hmm. to produce this. There's no way they're taking a risk. Oh, like, and they could only give the girls. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna give you the spoiler alert of how much money they, they, and what happened to these women it's afterwards. Pathetic. It's pathetic. So let's play I'll the tell clip. You this: the hmm. PAs are making more than the prostitutes, sex workers on this. Hundred percent. Although it could be argued that being a PA is kind of 
tax worse than labor. Than, yeah, certainly. <laughs> it, it definitely could. In fact, they probably just got some PAs to play the sex workers and some of these. Who knows? No, the, it's there's they had a lawsuit afterwards. It's real. Okay, so now we're going to play the clip. The prostitute is coming to you, Kevin. Stand by. There she is. <laughs> you have a seat, please. So, are you from Texas? No, I'm not from here. I think so. <laughs> Man, you're all jumpy. She thinks he's law enforcement. So, um, how long have you been uh, in the life? I'd rather not answer. Hey, do you want to go into anything? Okay, cool. So, um, you want to get started? Well, first, I would like to grab your penis to make sure you Do you want to touch me first? Every year, thousands of women are lured into the illegal sex trade. A veteran police officer and his team have a mission. Seek out women in danger, pose as clients, and offer them a way out. But with pimps lurking, they've only got eight minutes. Okay, so you just heard, like, basically the first... uh just the intro to the first episode of that show. So to give you a visual, um, Pastor Kevin is driving around and he's just like just randomly like pointing out like massage parlors like, yeah, they're probably brothels. Who knows? That could be true. But then he just points to like some random girl like sometimes I could be dressed like a sex worker after a hard night. Maybe. It looks like I'm, you know, like, after a hard night. Like, you, know, you know, you never know. And he just, there's just this girl like walking down the street, and he goes, "That's probably a victim right there." It's like, what do you, Kevin? Calm down. Calm, Kevin, calm, calm down. it down. Oh yeah, right here. Look at that. I bet that's a victim right there. Not everyone is a sex worker, and not every massage parlor is a brothel. Yeah. However, it doesn't take a genius to know that some of them are. Uh, yeah. Doing you're, more than massages. Yeah, you're not an expert, sir. Yeah. I mean, I get no. I he, guess he technically worked in that field. This but. is a new area for us, so I'm out doing a uh, scouting mission, gathering intel. Kevin's a phony. So you'll notice right here, there's a massage parlor. There's another one over here, another massage parlor. Yeah, it doesn't take a genius to know what's going on in some massage parlors. In, in some, not all, but like, even without experience, any of us could guess that yeah. too. They're just doing a... a it's, a drive-by. Is that real? Is that B-roll? They're like, all right, Kevin, we need you to just set the scene right now. So they're just yeah. filming him, and he's like, massage parlor, probably a brothel. That chick right there, victim. Just just making weird claims. <laughs> so, okay. So we gave you the, like the overview of like what this show is about. Now, here is where it gets incredibly controversial and really sad. So, number one, and there's an ongoing lawsuit. I, I couldn't find info if, of if it's been closed out or anything. Um, so these women... Um, so basically, here's what it was. Uh, I don't know for sure if anyone was just surprised upon arrival. Um, I don't know how you would be because there's cameras, even though they were... They showed them hiding them and stuff, but uh, I don't think there's a way to... Those girls are mic'd up before they even walked in the room. Yeah. They, they've got lava mics on them. They, they signed a contract before they even got there. Yeah. And that's what the women from the show, um, uh, the sex workers, came out and said later. So here's what, what it was pitched like to them, um, allegedly, but I believe them. Um, basically, like, like a week before they filmed, they were contacted by a producer. And I think it was a female producer, they said. I can't quite remember. 
who said, we're filming a show about blah, 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 blah. Um, and uh, would you be interested in, in appearing? And we have resources for you. They keep saying resources in this show. And some, and uh, so far the resources are just, um, here's the hotline that you can Google. But what was pitched to these women, and obviously they were lied to, was we have resources for you. We can help you get your kids back. We can help you get housing. We can help you get a real job. We can help you do all these things. By the way, not blurring out their faces and then one of them got arrested the first moment she went back out because they she couldn't get a hold of them afterwards for these alleged resources she was arrested immediately who knows if that's because she was recognized from that or and if 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 law enforcement was watching this to pin them later but now you've ruined her prospects of easily finding a job because now she has a record like you're, you're not helping anyone with this so so yeah they they called them and they said um yeah, the women were like, I don't care about the 200 bucks they gave him afterwards, which was what the the sec, the trade of sexual favors would have been anyways. They would have got that regardless if it was a TV show or yeah. not. So so basically, yeah, so the some producer calls them and says, like, let's get you out of this life. We're going to help you. And so they think, all right, I'm going to film this show. It's great. Um, the women were never given a, comp- a copy of their contract, allegedly. So they didn't even, you know, really know. They just kind of signed and showed up. Um, and, uh, afterwards, uh, and if you, I don't even necessarily advocate watching the, um, the show on YouTube because a lot of these women are like, you know, embarrassed. It's trash TV. It's trash TV. And it's, it's a lot of them in their, uh, um, legal filings were like, we didn't know it was going to be on the internet. We didn't know our faces weren't going to be blurred out. We didn't know, like, it, uh, there were women so here's some examples of how it ruined their lives afterwards well number one they were given two hundred dollars and sent on their way one woman was given four hundred dollars right two hundred of it was for um appearing and the other two hundred was for fifty dollars for each one of her uh friends sex workers that she referred Referrals. to the show wow referral fee oh okay any okay i want to know how much Pastor Kevin's making per episode here. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, how much is he making from his donations to the church? But, um, yeah, but, uh, collection plate. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, the, so that was one, one scenario or two scenarios. Another scenario. And, and this woman, I think is suing them too, but she also talked to a bunch of, um, news reporters about it later. Um, was she had gotten out of the, um, the, the business. She was no longer a sex worker. Um, but she had friends that, that still were, and they referred her to this, uh, or the show just found her in contact or somehow. I'm not quite sure. And, uh, she, uh, her, she was out of the work, but I think she needed housing and her husband and her, they didn't explicitly state if they were homeless or not, but they, they needed resources as well. Uh, I assume she had kids and stuff too. Um, and so they paid her and her husband $600, uh, total. <laughs> uh, so her husband would uh, pretend to be her pimp on the show. Oh, because it's so real. This is all reality. Pastor Kevin's saving everyone. So the only pimp I think that we can really verify is this woman's husband. And she wasn't even in the sex trade business anymore. But she appears on the show without her face blurred out and family members find out. Another one's family did not know she was doing this. They watched the show in Kentucky, found out. Another woman had a um she had like a doctorate or something from another country but uh, moved here and uh fell on hard times financially so had had gotten into sex work and 
somehow her family found out or her kid one of the family or one of the women on this show her uh child never knew that this is what she did that's how they found out it's it like it, it ruined these people's lives even it, so it took people that were already you know down and out and having a hard time and this self-righteous moron uh pastor kevin claimed to you know be giving them resources and saving them and these women said afterwards they called the production company for weeks no one would return their call i think if i i got to get this fact right pause it i want to see if one of them tried to call him because i think they had his cell phone valentine's day will be here before you know it and time's running out to send your valentine a one-of-a-kind memorable unexpected gift and if you want to wow your valentine this year send them bite-sized cupcakes from Baked by Melissa. Oh my goodness, they are delicious. Okay, so I was obviously gifted them because of the podcast, and but when I received them, it first of all, it comes in the most adorable box, and um, I opened it, and I was like, totally going to save these for Valentine's Day. I'm going to give them to my boyfriend. Totally, we're going to eat them together. That's going to be my contribution. He doesn't have to know that it was part of the... Okay. That's what I'm doing. And then I put them in my freezer because that's how you keep them fresh. And then I was just like, what if I just, I literally started like eating a row at a time from the bottom and moving up. I was like, well, I can always just cut off that bottom row and then he'll never know that they were gone. So I just started strategically like shaving off (laughs) each row because they're so dang good. And just in time for Valentine's Day, you can choose from white chocolate cookies and cream. That one actually was my favorite. I know that the Dolce de Leche is one of the crowd favorites, but I'm obsessed with cookies and cream. It has like an actual real cookies and cream Hershey bar on top. They have red velvet, milk chocolate, Dolce de Leche, which is delicious. They're all delicious. And plus they have vegan and gluten-free options. Um, they're just amazing and they're tiny. So it's like you you don't feel like you're like overindulging except for if you eat um, half of a container and then hide it from your boyfriend. <laughs> um, Baked by Melissa tre- treats are adorable and delicious. They're perfectly bite-sized so you can have one in every flavor and you'll want to. And Baked by Melissa offers one and two day shipping nationwide. And remember the last day for standard shipping for Valentine's Day delivery is February 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you get your order in by then. It will come to you. You're going to be you're going to be the king or queen of Valentine's Day. And this Valentine's Day, send your loved ones the perfect gift. Baked by Melissa, go to bakedbymelissa.com/behere and use promo code behere to get 15% off your order. Take advantage of this special offer for podcast listeners. That's 15% off at bakedbymelissa.com slash be here. Promo code be here. Okay. Sorry, I found the quote I was looking for. And also I need to correct myself because it was also in here. The woman and her husband who were paid the $600 um, and she was not even in the sex uh, work world anymore, uh, contacted the producers afterwards to be like, can you help me with the resources that you promised me? It was a resource of housing. And the woman basically said, or the person on the, I don't know why, I think it's a woman, but someone on the other end of the phone from the network said, sorry, correct me if I don't know if it was a woman or a man. Not, don't correct me, but I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. Um, uh, told her, uh, no, but I can uh, give you the number to a, a counselor or a therapist. The woman was like, I don't, I don't need, I, I don't need a, ca- a counselor. I, I need housing. I Let's start with, me getting off the streets. The housing like, you promised me. Yeah, let's start with that, and then maybe I'll 
go with the next like let's go with basic human needs first yeah. i'm not like what are you talking about so i did find the thing i wanted to find so one of the women um her name is in here uh in this article i'm not gonna say it say it because i don't know if she wanted it to be but she found uh pastor brown's number uh and this was from uh, reason.com and i'll give all the sources for all the stuff i found later i uh, found pastor brown's number and contacted him directly in quotes when i said i'm being evicted i need a lawyer i feel like you guys used me he just started to pray i would if i was in person and someone did that i would slap them across the face and then that and then i'd be arrested and then if if yeah then i'd be in more trouble like you just started to pray sir <laughs> and then magically money appeared in her mailbox like what and just i'm just going to read like um, a, a quick thing about like, so I can sum up exactly what happened. So, uh, okay. The show, these people, uh, so the premise of the reality series is that sex workers are contacted by a pastor and former police officer, Kevin Brown, who meets them in a hotel room posing as a client and then offers a woman resources to get out of that life. This is a quote from one of the sex workers. This show, these people, it's a disaster in my life who spent weeks waiting for the promised assistance after filming, quickly running out of money, support herself because that is how she was supporting herself. But they said, don't, don't go back to that life. We got resources for you. Um, this is how she was supporting herself, her husband and her children. Uh, they gave her a $200 fee for appearing and then did not follow through on promises of medical, dental, housing, and employment assistance. This is what she told Buzzfeed news. She kept on calling them and nothing happened. She uh, hesitated to put up another ad for her services because she thought she wouldn't get the help that they promised her if she started doing sex work again. Wow. And uh, desperate for money, she ended up putting up an ad and was arrested shortly thereafter on prostitution, prostitution charges. So I guess someone says prostitution. So she says, all I wanted was help, man. All I wanted was a way out. I gave them what they wanted, but they didn't give me what I wanted. Um, this is another who's featured on uh, eight minutes. Um, she tried to get in contact with the production team for assistance on getting a car and housing after she was filmed, but eventually gave up. And she said, I'm not going to beg people. And then she said, y'all said you were going to help. Uh, like those two girls, they both stopped doing sex work in anticipation. Anticipation. This is like grade school again, reading aloud, which is just the most terrifying in front of the class yeah and i already have like a minor speech impediment um, in anticipation of financial assistance from the show and then she said but i didn't get a fucking thing uh she uh she was also given 400 200 for appearing i mentioned this 50 dollars for each one of her friends and then she said that can't even compare to what they were making oh, so I would they, think not. they didn't even need the freaking 200 fee they went for resources yeah they wanted they wanted help yeah. From Pastor Kevin. Yep. Um, another one, uh, uh, she wanted financial assistance for herself, her husband, and her five small children. She believed she would be given assistance after participating in the show. Uh, this is the one that had not done sex work in the, uh, she had done sex work in the past, but was not doing it, was referred to her, her husband was posed as a pimp, and then the resource she was given was um, uh, a counselor. Um, and... Yeah. Oh, one more. Um, one said, uh, so this is crazy. Also, the person that wrote that was investigating this BuzzFeed article was like, they weren't particularly discreet in 
covering up who, who these women were. The person that wrote this article goes, I found um, several of their names in under an hour when I did research. It wasn't hard to figure out who they were because they didn't blur them. They, you, you can tell. And some of them thought they were being blurred. So some of them said uh, the production team did not offer face blurring as an option. They said they did not offer it. Um, and then and then she said, well, if you're going to... They, uh, they did not, was that like a producer's decision because that's like the easiest thing to do in post it's not like it's like I th- difficult i think they th- I, i'm guessing they thought that they could manipulate these women because they needed the money so bad so it said uh she said the production team did not offer face blurring as an option no they didn't offer that i thought that's what was going to happen i would have preferred that another one told buzzfeed news that she initially requested her face be blurred out but when the production team met with her a second time, they offered her more money to allow them to broadcast her face without blurring it. She demanded $1,000 and said the production team offered her either 500 or 600, which she accepted because she needed the money and they knew I needed it, she said. Which is really funny. You were like, this probably is like ten what $10,000 a night or whatever to... Oh yeah, everyone else on set's making more money than they were. That's, yeah, I love I mean, that they, they countered and lowballed her. Like it was like she said 1000 and they were like, mm. The real tragedy in my mind is the fact that they knew they were using these girls from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. They knew that the allure of a TV appearance could probably manipulate these girls because in their mind, this is a way out. This is a big cable television network and they're talking to me on the phone. You know, lights, camera, action. In their mind, this is their way out. Like they think that they're going to become perhaps a reality TV star or they think... Uh, I, I doubt that that's what it was. I'm thinking probably in their mind because the thing is they were offered, again, resources. They're probably thinking like, you know, when people resources. go on the, the Ellen show, they get a car or a $50,000 check. for like They thought it was going to be something helpful. Not certainly. I doubt they thought they were reality, reality TV, TV stardom. No, I'm saying, but it's coming from a big television yeah. network. So when they make promises of just resources, how uh, ambiguous is that? It, yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. because you're assuming when a reality TV production company talks to you and they swing that big reality TV mm-hmm. production company dick around when they're casting people, they go to Craigslist and they get people to do whatever they want for the cheapest rates possible. That's what mm-hmm. real, that's the real nasty part of reality TV is how much they use and abuse everybody who's actually on screen. The people mm-hmm. who make the, make money in reality TV are the people holding the cameras and, oh, the, yeah. and the producers, the story producers, the people who change everything that actually was filmed mm-hmm. in the edit room. Mm-hmm. And they make good money. And Pastor John. Yeah. I might, I mean, guys, if I end up um, doing enough research to figure out like what Pastor John's up to now, oh, I will, I'll do a quick, I'll do a little like 15 minute bonus episode on him we gotta track him down oh i i do I like might. a dateline 2020 invite him over for a podcast in, i wonder if he's like, in houston i can ask walter if he knows that church oh that's funny <laughs> i've never heard of that church before so basically well greg how do you think from your perspective of you know working behind the scenes in reality tv how how did they pull this off like how oh this isn't this isn't hard at all i mean the fact of the matter is i you know we could pull this off, me and you. If we've spent a week, well, we're nice people. We're not going. We're to not going to do this. I'm just saying that, like, well, I mean, the untangible resource in this show is the sex workers. Mm-hmm. Well, they conned them. They tricked them into you know working and providing their likeness uh, to the show for mm-hmm. like two hundred, four hundred bucks a pop. That got so cheap. Mm-hmm. And do you think what, what would be your guess on? Do you think? I would love if this was the scenario 
if if Pastor John was like talking to his friends one day down at his church and he's like, God, I'm doing such good work. This could be a reality show. Guys, this could be a reality show. Does anyone know anyone in reality production? We could really make this a thing. And then contacted someone at eight. Like, I, I would love to see if he wrote a, like a little pitch package about all the wonderful things with like photos of him like shaking the hands of a sex worker or like handing her money or something like, or like hugging her and her children. Just like all the bullshit. My guess and is that. And then pitched it. It, the genesis of the show was very similar to what you just said. Some people sitting in a room, probably reality TV show producers, be like, imagine this. We've got a guy who is... Oh, so you think it came from the network? No question. And then oh, they found I, I some like schmo. That, they they found know. this ex-cop like, pastor. I feel like Pastor Kevin, I feel like it, he's so like ready to be on TV. And a lot of times also pastors are like, you know, big personalities of like, this is uh, everything's so grandiose. Cause everyone thinks when they watch TV, like oh, I could have a show. I just, I want a picture that it was pastor Kevin. Oh, he certainly. And his wife was like, you got this, honey. He certainly. You got this baby. Is that person. Mm-hmm. He, we got little girls. We want, don't want them to. You're wondering if, this world. <laughs> if pastor Kevin's still in Houston. No, he's in LA right now trying to pitch his <laughs> next reality TV show. I'm yeah. certain of it. What if trying to be an actor can you oh, imagine yeah, i guarantee you he is <laughs> he's trying to produce his next reality tv show it has me. been since this one got canceled i'm 100 percent confident of that i just think that he was probably found he was doing his um the lord's work yeah as he believes it to be well no he was just texting them the um the hotline that that guy's Listeners, that truly was the ending of. of uh, we only watched the the scenario with two of the sex workers. That was the ending of one of them. He was like, "All right, eight minutes are up. The pimps out there. Hey, you get, you're gonna you're gonna use this number if I text it to you, right? Like that was that's the philanthropy. Here's the. It's so pathetic. Like w- it's honestly a a bigger gesture to give a bum your loose change than to text. Sex worker like a hotline they could have easily Googled. It's themselves. it's a slap in the face. It's like unbelievably condescending. And she had just gotten done saying that her husband and her daughter died within three years of each other to the day. She literally had just got done saying that to him and then how painful it was for her. And then she has um like four other kids, I think. And she's doing this work and she's done. She'd just gotten done burying her soul on national TV. And you know what we got for you? A hotline. Like, it's... Again, I don't know how she didn't get up and slap him. And they look... Like, the girl... That that woman, right after he says, I'm a... I'm, well, guess what? I'm not trying to hear to solicit sex. I'm a pastor. And she was like, really? And she goes, I want to give you a hug right now. Like, she was started, like, getting emotional. And he's like, and we're going to help you. We're going to give you some resources. We're going to... And she's literally like, oh, my God. Like, someone is here to help me. She's, like, overwhelmed with... And then he texts her. I mean, that's actually almost more insulting than giving someone money for sex, frankly. I mean... I actually... That's a good point. Like, that's almost more insulting than... Like... It it, really is. It's like, you know, like, what is that old thing? Like, leave the money on the nightstand or whatever. It's literally like, hey, I'm only going to give you $200 for appearing on the show and burying your soul. So let's just compare that to $200 for, you know, burying your soul sexually. Okay, both insulting but then to add insult to injury hey here's just a phone number so you can get out of this silly little world of yours like 
it's like they never thought of that themselves yeah calling a hotline yeah they needed the alleged resources they need housing and childcare and food and they, it's they, really trouble it's troublesome because you know at that very moment there are 15 20 people all working for this network that's making hundreds of thousands of dollars and successfully employing people and giving them health insurance and dental insurance and all this heart. stuff and they're all sitting there looking at the they're sex all behind worker those, and they're all behind the monitors like all right we're on one we're on two she's walking up the hallway like did and no all one- they can provide is a little bit of crafty a little bit of craft services so here's some catering and a hotline. Yeah. I mean, how Did defeated any, would you feel after that? Like, you think this I would is your feel, break. I would feel more emotionally, like, taken advantage of. Exactly. Than, like, it might be more abusive. You might be, feel more used after that process than what you're used to of, you know, just performing the sex act with someone who, at least, at least it, it's an there, honest exchange. He's just like, well, you know, you're, yeah. you're getting your grumpy. You're not getting swindled. You're not getting swindled. Yeah. Hempland USA is here to change your mind about CBD. You know, we've all heard about CBD and its amazing health benefits, but with so many CBD companies out there right now, it's all starting to become white noise. And I have to admit, I was beginning to think the same thing. And that is until I tried Hempland USA. So I talked to them before I, I started trying it and I was like, well, can I take CBD though? Like I'm always tired. And they were like, uh, yeah, we got the thing for you. There's a daytime CBD product that calms your nerves, but also makes you more alert. It's amazing. And it's called and this is the best part for me about Hempland USA is that the next level CBD product called ECS5 that no other company out there has. ECS5 contains a unique blend of black pepper, clove, hops, rosemary, and jujube that supercharges CBD so that your body can process it more efficiently. I also take a different CBD for nighttime while I sleep. And guess what, guys? Their CBD facial cream... Um, feel like it's taking away my wrinkles. I don't know if that was in their plan, but I'm buying into it. I'm obsessed with Hempland USA. Another thing, I haven't taken any like pain, like over-the-counter pain reliever for months since I have been using Hempland USA. No other company has the amazing things that Hempland USA has. You know, like many of you, like I said, I've tried CBD in the past and it just didn't do anything for me or it made me too tired. I don't know. Uh, and I gave it up for a while until I discovered Hempland USA's groundbreaking ECS5 product. I'm just really obsessed with it. And I've mentioned this on other ads before for them. Uh, I don't even, I would do this for free. They're amazing. It has truly helped my dad's uh, nerve pain from his cancer. He's referred it to his other buddies when they're like golfing for their pain. It's like, they, it's a movement guys. Um, and I want you guys to try it too. Hempland USA's proprietary blend of full spectrum CBD enhanced with ECS5 is available only at hemplandusa.com. It's the beginning of a new year and now is the time to begin a new healthy habit. Hempland USA's ECS5 is the perfect complement to your daily wellness routine. They also have a full lineup of tinctures, soft gels, THC-free products, topicals, and a canine formula to meet the needs of your entire family. And you can take 20% off on your next order at hemplandusa.com and use offer code BEHERE at checkout. It's Hempland USA's mission to help everyone feel their very best. And they are so confident that you'll love their products, they offer a 100% lifetime satisfaction guarantee. Experience the Hempland USA difference today with offer code BEHERE at checkout. But yeah, you're right. It's like... That's a known exchange. It was going to happen. It wasn't. You walked in the room, and I'm sure some guys stiff them and stuff at certain points or whatever. But it's you're not being duped in that scenario. Like 
they were duped on national television. They're, they were embarrassed. They were humiliated and then given a phone number. Like, it makes me a little bit sad or very sad that, no, like, don't you feel like, um, and you can answer this honestly, but uh, if if I was working in production on that and I saw what we were doing to them, I, I think I'd quit and walk off set. I think it would be like, you, like, you guys are all assholes. And yeah. then... There's some real scumbags behind that production. Yeah. Or, I, like, I don't know how... I, like, I hope, I hope that there's a story where someone who was working on that, like, actually did reach out to one of these women and was like, hey, like, I do know a friend that works in this. I can help you or something. Like, someone, hopefully someone had a good heart. If you reframe this in another format of another reality TV show, like, if you look at it like an extreme makeover, whether like extreme home makeover. It's like inviting the people who need a new house built mm-hmm. over and be like, oh, you're, you're too poor and you can't afford it. Well, here's a, here's a number to a contractor. Oh my God, that is such a good analogy. You know, or like a bum. It's like, oh man, you, you don't have a home. You look gross. You need to clean yourself up. Like, well, here's, here's a phone number to a barber. Yeah. So they, they bring them in That's to- a very, Those are very good analogies. To straw man them, to set them up and, and poke fun out of them in, in, on national television and embarrass them in front of everybody for the lives that they found themselves in and then provide actual no help. But here's what happens, and this happens in when you listen to a lot of true crime and you you've you kind of, it's so sad. It happens constantly that the police and the media or whatever, they pick and choose who you should care about. So like- if you're a little blonde cheerleader that goes missing, you know, it's like, holy shit. And then we're taking whatever. Um, if you're a sex worker that goes missing or um, a, a marginalized community, and oftentimes it has a lot to do with race and things like that. Uh, it's really bad in the, um, oh gosh, I, I, I always want to say Native American. I, I never, the Native in, in Canada, I, I know, I never know what the term is. I really apologize. I'm, Inuit? I don't. I don't know if that's what you're supposed to say. I, I that, but that's not what they say on all these podcasts. There's a very specific, uh, um, the First Nations. Sometimes they say. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a, a huge epidemic of these women um, going missing and murdered and on Indian reservations. Uh, no, they're not on the reservations. They're often there's a whole highway where it happens on. It's wow. And the and the predators know it. And they know that the cops aren't really going to go. And this is in Canada. Canada. They know the cops Canada. aren't going to search as hard for them because they they're you know a marginalized community, and it happens all the time with sex workers where it's just like, hey, they're living a high risk lifestyle, so this stuff happens. Yeah. You know, and it's so basically like this show has just decided that like they're pretending to help them, but Treat they're them like they're also just class. like we're making we're making a TV show. They're not helping them. Oh yeah, they're way more concerned with their TV show. I, honestly, they I feel like they built the show out around like in their eyes cheap labor. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, b- b- barely even have to pay for this. It's it's really pretty sad. It really is. So, I think we're gonna wrap it up because this is just depressing me. Um, but I think it's important for like to draw attention to these kinds of things. Like, you know, one of the girls actually um, said uh, it was a really good point. I thought she said they this show. Um, one of the sex workers said it's like she was like they just they made it like it was trauma porn essentially so they it was just like people are like oh look how sad this is and they're helping I mean, it's like you know it was like people were fe- so maybe it even just gets you to, to think about like the stuff you consume like it, like yeah the, this it's not okay for A&E to profit off this yeah and like, the advertisers that buy advertisements during the show it's very much trauma porn people just want to look at other people in more destitute situations yeah. than themselves yeah, it's true. 
makes me feel bad that I watch The Bachelor now with my friends. And it's so hard not to make fun of. Like, I really stand by. I really do not like to. I I don't talk badly about people. I really try not to. Um, and I don't believe in public shaming in any sort of way. And especially if you have, and I have somewhat of a platform where, like, I feel bad because those poor girls are like you know, they're doing some embarrassing shit on national TV. I don't want to add to them feeling bad. So I do feel bad. I laugh about it, but they're making it so easy because they're very mean to each other. So at least I'm commenting on the fact that they're... Oh yeah, well, I'm sure it's also fueled by alcohol and hearsay from the producers. That's not true. Yeah. You know, they're getting whispered in their ears. They're like, Samantha said this. Yeah. Amanda said that, you know. Yeah, but there, there's there's some nature in some of them where you're just like, Certainly. I would not want to meet you in a dark alley. But just know <laughs> it's that... terrifying. Just uh, like this eight-minute show. You don't know the... Oh, God. The Bachelor, they're, they are... They do. They keep... Well, it's like even, uh, you know, Vanderpump. I've been on shoots where they're, they purposely keep my friends up all night long. Who's not going to be exhausted oh, yeah. and it drunk should... and like... And they will literally have them out all night filming like when they're on vacation like partying and they'll be like okay and then your next call time is 8 a.m we're gonna wake you up they hadn't even slept because they kept them out until yeah, yeah anyone, nazi warfare anyone would be out of their mind i need a solid eight hours otherwise i will probably just start crying in the middle of the day reality tv show is often more manufactured than movies than yeah. the cinema than Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt rules is pretty real but they do the producers don't care about their um and I like a lot of the, I love a lot of the producers are really nice, but it's their job to be like, we got to get this shot in and, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this, Greg. I love you. You're welcome. Thank Sarah. you for providing your expertise or background, you know, a little info on the production side of this and like of how, you know, that all probably went down because that kind of confused me too, where I'm like, I, they would have had to have the cameras were certainly. I, and is it even legal to have a hidden camera and not tell someone they signed something before, right? Uh, I think you could ask them afterwards yeah. on a legal standpoint. Obviously, you couldn't broadcast it if they didn't have permission. But I feel like that would give me so much trauma, though, if I like did something embarrassing and it was caught on a hidden camera. And then they were like, can we use it? And I'm like, no. I would probably not sleep for six months thinking, like, they're probably still going to use it, aren't they? Yeah. Like, that's, it gets pretty dicey. You'd want to, like, somehow get a hold of that footage and... Yeah, Just well, these women, could. these women couldn't even get a hold of their contract. Yeah. So, let alone any footage. Um, but Great. yeah, thanks for doing this. Thank you for diving into some very interesting topics that uh, you're passionate about and uh, need a little bit of light shed on them. Thanks. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>